Hey, welcome to another episode of Digging Deeper. Robert here with the one, the only, Brandon Grant. Back. Fresh from Montana. Well, uh, not fresh. It's been fresh. like a month, but we're going to talk fresh from the Sermon of Montana. Fresh from the Sermon, <laughs> the messages inspired by yes, the big, the sky. big sky there. Now, the, before we get you know started really jumping in on this, I yeah. need to know, did you see any bears? No. You didn't did see any see bears. Any bears? It was disappointing. Okay, so there's that's kind of disappointing yeah. on my end as well because you had a lot of lead up with these bears. Like even before you went, you said, "I'm afraid I'm going to get attacked by a bear." You started talking about your bear spray on Sunday. Yeah. Is there something in your past that you want to share with us about what is triggering triggering you? Yes. About bears. Yes. yes. Okay. Do you want th- I think I, maybe I've shared the story before or not. I don't know. I don't uh, know. Now I'm digging deeper though. Okay. So when I was in. Sixth grade? Fifth or sixth grade. I don't remember. So my aunt lived out in California uh, for all the time that I grew up and I lived in the Midwest. My aunt and uncle, uh, she wasn't able to have children. So she would would have these trips that she would fly my brother and I and then other siblings out for like summer trips um, because it was her way to connect with us and all that stuff. So anyway, so one of the trips we went to was uh, Grants Pass, Oregon for a whitewater rafting trip. Bear country. Yes. So... First time I've ever been up in there, and like I said, this was this is so long ago. But they talked about there's black bears, you can see a bear. So we stopped at one of the places uh, on one of the nights because um, the rafting trip was like three or four nights. Sounds awesome. Yeah, it was amazing. Stopped, and there's like this huge airstrip cabin on one side, kind of with a place you put the tents up, and then and the guide said, "Hey, do you want to see a bear tonight?" And we're like, "Yeah, that'd be awesome." And my brother and I were there. And um, he's like, well, about nine o'clock is when we take all the trash out. And so we can go out towards the trash uh, bin area. And there's generally bears that kind of rummage around there. I was like, this is awesome. Let's do this. So my aunt, my brother, and I, a couple other people that were on the trip that we didn't know, and the guide takes us out down this airstrip um, to see bears. We get probably, I don't know, 100 yards or something like that from these trash bins. And we have binoculars and we're looking. And sure enough, there's bears. It was like, this is awesome. I've never seen a bear in my life. The only like animal I've ever seen really is a deer from the Midwest. There's like a <laughs> big difference between a deer and a bear. So long story short, as we're looking at this, um, the guide says, hey, find me a rock. Which no. should have been one of those things in my head. No. Like, this is a bad idea. This is a really bad idea. <laughs> And so I have the binoculars, I hand it to my brother, and I'm like starting to, and I bend down to start like kind of rummaging through the grass, if I can find a rock. And as I'm rummaging through the grass, and it's it's pitch black outside, and we're kind of, we're still ample distance, but I hear my brother yell, it's coming! And I freaked out. Like the bear was running at you? Yeah, all I heard was, it's coming! So I took off sprinting down the airstrip as fast and as hard as I could to get back to this cabin. (laughs) I get to the cabin or kind of area, burst through the door, and then like get in there, and 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 then it's like silent, and I realize no one else is with me. And I'm thinking the bear ate everybody. My brother's dead, my aunt's dead. You won. You ran them. And then piercing into the silence is laughter. Yeah, they're just messing with you. (laughs) Well, my brother, originally, when he said it's coming, it was legitimate because the bear made a subtle move, or kind of not so subtle, but like strong move forward. Yeah. But then I guess black bears are pretty timid and like... like Hey, yell at them. Yeah. So anyway, they it, it kind of initially came in the direction, then it ran the other direction, but I didn't know that. And so they just watched me run like this like 50-yard sprint at an airstrip. Did you scream as uh, you were running? I'm sure I did. I'm a ah! schoolgirl. Yeah, like, there you go. Just, so, <laughs> I, so maybe I was just, I had a little trauma. 
You know, I had a little it's trauma. Good. It's so good. Maybe, maybe I, I can't make any promises that I'm not going to come into the office tomorrow in a bear costume. Yeah. So <laughs> just to see you run, you know, yeah. into the auditorium so I, like a school I, girl. I think that good. that maybe that is my only bear encounter. And then, like I mentioned, I I thought the movie The Reverend or whatever it was called was absolutely gruesome and terrifying. I was like, just never let that happen to me in my life. I've never seen that Don't movie. Or even it. heard of that movie? But you mentioned <sighs> that in your message the other day, and I said, "Oh, Leonardo DiCaprio yeah, he gets must have- mauled by a grizzly bear." It, it, is like that sounds terrible so anyway so we we have figured out what brandon grant's fear is it's bears and, and that's and heights and yes heights. so there you go i may actually jump off a ledge if a bear chases me and i'm high <laughs> up somewhere. oh so you might be more afraid of a bear than you are heights dude if you have a grizzly bear running after you are you kidding me like they're so cuddly you know cuddly, yeah. i mean teddy bears come on anyway, there's, there's we gotta we gotta move to some substance though absolutely so yeah. you talked about trails and bugs <laughs> trails and bugs and uh it probably could be trail singular and bugs because there's this idea of this one trail this one path that that god is calling us toward Help us, though, identify really specifically what is that path? Like, what does it look like? What is it not? Um, I know there's this sense of, like, there's probably this trail and path that's true for all of us that are um, children of God, but then there's also some individual paths and trails that God calls us on individually and personally. But share with us a little bit, what does that trail actually look like? Well, I think it was like a small, like, Mm -hmm. point, but I I mentioned, like, I I think the ultimate trail that God would have us to be on is the pathway to to knowing and becoming like Jesus. And so that pathway and that trail of like, what does it look like to, and, and really summarized in that Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, to trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge Him, and He's going to make your path straight. Like that path is to trust in the Lord with all your heart is to put all your trust in what God has done through His Son, Jesus Christ, to lean not on your understanding. So it's not to think about making your ways the way, but following His ways as the way. Absolutely. Um, and all your ways, you know, submit to Him, and He makes your path straight. So like, I think that's the that's the the trail that we need to constantly make sure that we are all on. Mm-hmm. I think that there's probably, you know, it's kind of like in, in terms of... Um, trails or even thinking like 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 a river that has different like tributaries and different like offshoots like there is the main vein of the the trail or the river but then those offshoots there are other trails that that people can go on um that i think god kind of paves for them whether it be kind of individual callings um that, that somehow link with the way he's wired you gifts passions all those types of things um and then i tried it this past sunday I think that like there are so many different spheres in our life that that God has different things to say about. So, so I'm following Christ, but then the Christ path, which leads me to Him, also then moves in the way. That, what does Christ say about the way I should look at my money and resources? Mm-hmm. And so, I, I think that making sure you're on a path that's been worn out that God has created is what's most important. Um, but oftentimes, yeah, we get off the trail. That's been proven and made for us because of those bug noises and um, our curiosity gets the best of us. Now, the Bible talks about, you know, wide is the path to destruction, but, yeah, you know, narrow is the yeah, and so, life, yeah. And so there's, there is obviously another path that's very worn in, that's very true. utilized. How does any given person really kind of discern? Um, and you have it in, your, in front of you in, in a big way. But how does anyone really discern what path is the right one to take? Because there's there's multiple paths that are worn in. Like if you're out in the middle yeah. of the woods, you could take this big road and it looks like the safe thing. It might look like a landing strip kind of deal. Yeah. Or, you know, it could also be um, the path that you aren't supposed to take as well. And so yeah. how do you discern 
which path is the one that God's calling me on? Sometimes it's really simple and, and obvious, and sometimes it's actually not. So how do you kind of discern through that? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, just like any other metaphor, there's, there's there's strings to it, and there's things that breaks down. Like the, the same sure. imagery I, of path, yeah. you know, yeah, no, why is the path not, of destruction? But I think that like... Um, one, if that passage is true, which I believe it is, right? Why does the path lead to destruction? If the path I'm following seems to be heavily populated, mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to be a little bit curious about that. It's good in and of itself, you it's know, good. like because yeah. if everybody's going in this direction and everybody includes Christians, non-Christians, you know, whatever, it's like, okay, wait a minute, like, is this really the path? Because it seems like God said, wow. be careful about that. Mm-hmm. So. So the, the cultural tide of popularity, I would be a little bit like, mm, let's let's evaluate that. And then, like you mentioned, I think I think knowing the word of God ultimately is it's it's the trail guide, right? Like I download this app that was all trails and it tells you different trails that you can be on in the yep. area and it tells you what what to travel on, where to be aware of. Um, I think really the, the scriptures are like the, the trail guide or the all trails app for us. Like if I know what God has said about these things, this helps me know the path that he's worn out for me to follow. Um, and some people just in discovering that, like if it's not just like you just pick up the Bible and start reading and you'll find every different trail guide, right? So sometimes you're like, what does God say about how am I supposed to navigate through, uh, anger and forgiveness issues? Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the things that's really cool about modern technology is like, you can like Google that, you know, and ask what scriptures speak to that particular topic and that'll help you find different trails as well. huge, Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also there's safety in a multitude of counselors. Absolutely. And so being able to talk to, I mean, that's why the body of Christ and community is so essential to our Christian walk mm-hmm. on a path, on a trail. Yeah. Um, the reason why is because if I'm like dealing with anger or forgiveness, I can go to you and say, man, I need some help with this. Right. Give me some counsel. And then, and then I can, you know, not only go to you, I can also go to Ben over here and then I can go to Pete in yeah. the other office and I can go, you know, I can go and talk to a bunch of different people that are all following Jesus yeah. and get their wisdom or what they have received from God's wisdom on the topic that I'm trying to tackle. Yeah. And so there's safety in a multitude of counselors and really talking with people and being sharpened by one another to really be as a Effective and as wise yeah. in the way that you walk as you can possibly be. So yeah, and I think it's I think it's becoming more uh, just kind of blurry um, because we live in a time where you know opinion dominates, right? And everybody has an opinion, and everybody's opinion somewhat is looked at as authoritarian, uh, has an authority to it. Absolutely, just because it's like somehow on a you know platform, uh, whether it be social media, whether it be texting, whatever. Like, and I think that. I'm not looking for like your opinion on the trail. I want to know like, are you How really do you know God's wisdom? <laughs> yeah, like, point me to the, to the truth. Yeah, yes. and that's that's where I think that it does come back to the scriptures. So like, Absolutely. I can have a multitude of friendships and witnesses, so to speak. But if they're like pointing me in directions that seem like the the flow of cultural uh, popularity, like I mentioned, like I would just still be like, okay, but what does God's word say about this? Which I think is an important thing to note because yeah. what I see, and you've probably seen this a lot too, is people will seek counsel by posting it on their Facebook and then getting a plethora of opinions from who knows, right? And all of a sudden you've got all of these different takes on the situation that may or may not be rooted in the truth. And so, like you said, everyone seems like they're an expert these days because they have a keyboard or, you know, a keypad on your device, whatever it looks like. But, and so, so it becomes very convoluted. And so what is that anchor that's really anchoring us to what the truth yeah. is? It's so important. Yeah. So what do you do when the counsel that you're receiving becomes the bug that's chirping in the corner? 
you know, how, how do you kind you of fly swatter? You get a fly swatter <laughs> and you did that with your social media. <laughs> yeah, I did. So, so tell me a little bit about your experience so far um, of being social media accounts free right now. I mean, you shared a little bit about yeah, it. I, you shared definitely not a little bit, you shared pretty in depth, but what are some things that you didn't get to share that you're kind of like, no, no, no. Not only have I seen benefits and like my purity factor and all these different things that you shared on Sunday, what are some other things that you've seen that have been a benefit of getting rid of those social media accounts? I mean, just sheer time. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah to take back time that I didn't realize was being taken from me. Okay. And, and to know that, you know, whether it be the smartphone or whether it be social media, like there is an entire economy based upon attention. And, and mm -hmm. what is produced, whether it be apps or social media, is to get me to have more time spent on that device. So when I cut off something that takes a lot of my attention, you automatically gain more time. And mm -hmm. the gaining of more time has caused me to think about other things to do in that time rather than just kind of waste time. Um, so, such as? So, well, such as like I've read more books. Cool. You know, like I've like, oh, oh I can do this. Um, Jamie and I at night have longer conversations. That, I mean, that's just a very simple thing because it's not like, hey, we've got the kids to bed and like, it, it, let's just go ahead and just sit on the bed for a little bit and just kind of like catch up with everything for the day and then veg out. So like we still might have to catch up with things from the day because we, we have text messages or this and that. But that extra 15, 20, 30 minutes, however long of just like, oh, let's look at this. Let's look at this. Like all of a yeah. sudden, like, oh, no, we can actually like talk more or be more intentional with each other. Um, I find myself back being more present even with bedtime stuff with my kids. Oh, um, you know, just of like saying, yeah, I, I am here longer because I don't feel like there's this other thing I got to still get to. Um, so there's, there's just small things, but honestly, it's, it's kind of a psychological and emotional shift that I'm feeling like, and I, and I mentioned like, I feel less stress. Um, I really do. Like there's so much less things that I'm thinking about that I don't need to think about. Um, when I was, I went to my brother's wedding, he got married uh, a couple weeks ago in the Nashville area. And the first night that we were there, we stayed with a good friend of mine who I was on staff with um, like 15, 16 years ago. And his church in Nashville um, had done a month-long digital detox mm -hmm. series at some point throughout the summer. And, it, and they brought some type of, I don't know, therapist or expert or someone in just to kind of talk to the staff as they're going through this digital detox. And, and one of the things that I thought was so interesting is there, there's, there's in 2015, there was a work that was done by, I think it was a... Uh, He's either Canadian or from Denmark, but a therapist that, that wrote a book called The, the Body Keeps the Score and oh. um, talks about like trauma-based therapy and a lot of these types of things that like, yes, there's emotional pieces, but the body keeps the score and, and it, it stays within us over time and, and somehow eventually makes its way out. Um, and he talked about that this person said that when you are scrolling through social media, like you're not really realizing that you're kind of oftentimes getting hit with micro kind of aggressions and micro types of trauma yeah. and triggers that are just kind of like the body's storing it up. So like you're seeing like maybe something's going on in the news or you're seeing the way that something's handled in a political arena or maybe you're seeing something of comparison with a friend or something you feel like you were left out on. And all those things are constantly impacting you. Yeah. And, and you wonder why you're getting in this like significantly anxious state or depressed state, or wondering why why do I feel this way? Insecurity is at an all new high. Yeah, and you're yeah. constantly evoking these things in your life, and and worried about things that you you can't even control. And so for five and a half weeks, like it really is significant. I feel like the less things that I know, yeah, the less things that are kind of like 
micro traumatizing me, if you will, uh, kind of weird language, but like, no, I get it. And, and I just have found like, like I had a, I had a friend that said, did you hear about so-and-so and, 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 and the cancer she has? And I was like, man, I didn't. And I felt my soul in that moment be like, oh, she's she, she doing okay and yeah. stuff. But the truth is this person who has cancer, I haven't, I haven't been involved in her life or her husband's life in 17 years. And it's not to diminish the cancer in her no. life, but like, I don't need to carry that. And now that I'm aware, I'm going to pray about something like that. But when I have that on my 24 seven of awareness of these For things, every or, person's ever or somebody's saying, man, yeah. my kid, my kid had this happen at school day. Like I want to have empathy, but like, I only have a certain quotient of empathy. And so when I keep filling my, my life and my body with this over and over again, I just felt like tired and more overwhelmed. And and I feel now I'm emotionally more available to the things that are in yes. front of me and than the things that have stolen the things away from me. Studies studies would support that, yeah. that, that we have lost in a, in a big way because of our over-informed state of you know digital yeah. accessibility that we've actually lost a lot of our empathy quotient, yeah. that we're, we're struggling to actually have empathy for people in front of us because we have to... Yeah. Level out our empathy for everything that we see every day from everywhere. People I, we know, people we don't know, people in the news, people all over. Yeah, and I, and I think the thing I wrestled with the most, Robert, was like, and I still do, mm -hmm. I see, like this right now probably will produce video clips that will go on social media. I know it goes on YouTube. I've never been a big YouTube guy, but I know that like YouTube shorts and all that kind of stuff are huge things now and all that. But like, so I see the benefit. Yes. And I see the importance of it. Um, and I wrestle with it because I also like, I want to get the message out or there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with seeing what my friends do or what their kids are doing and stuff like that. But when I started to add up what the cost was comparatively to what the benefit was and realizing that, that, that it really wasn't like something that was overall enhancing my life, but it was taking more away. I had to personally, and I, and I said this Sunday, like it's, it's, this is descriptive not prescriptive but sure. i had to ask like is this a category that jesus says if this causes you to sin pluck it out yeah That's cut it great. off pluck yeah. it out and i'm like i don't like it it's it i being more attentive as a parent's way harder because i don't have more time that i have to like mm -hmm. <laughs> be engaged and yeah and all that stuff and but at the end of the day like i just felt like in my life the benefits of not far outweigh the benefits of it's good. And and I think that that's why it's like, let's try this. And it, what's fascinating is I said Sunday is like, I don't know if this is a de determinative decision forever, but I'm I'm moving more in that vein. Are you? I am. You think that maybe you won't have social media accounts for the rest of your life? Because here's the other thing. You don't like, want to put no, it. No, but yeah. I don't want to say, that. I, I can't say yes. Today's the day I officially declare this. <laughs> but I, now and forever. But here's the other thing as a father. Yeah. I see exactly all the research that's showing what it does to kids mm -hmm. and what it does to teenagers. And so, and I'll, I'll get into this this Sunday. Like, I think it's foolish for me to tell my kids to watch out for things, refrain from things that I myself am engaged sure. in. Sure, yeah. And I think for me, what felt like and feels like a fringe level of hypocrisy was enough for me to be like, you know, like, because I don't know how to answer my kids. Like, well, dad, why do you do it then? Because I hit the certain threshold of intelligence and maturity, and also it's like, no, it's still impacting me. Hmm. I still get targeted ads, and I still get algorithmic still like effects. things that, and and um, so I think that was a driving piece for me as a dad. It's like yeah. if I want to have actually legs to stand on for my kids as they're moving forward, and I'm 
trying to like reduce some of the stuff in their life, then I should lead by example. It's good. So I think with all distractions, all little yeah. bugs that are trying to get us off the trail was your illustration you used. Yeah. But yeah, th- dude, I don't know how you make that noise so well. You make an impressive, I don't I, is that a cicada? I'm not sure. I don't know what it is. <laughs> that, that still is like, we should ask people, what is that noise? What is that I've, noise? I've, I've heard grasshopper, cicada. One more time, one, cicada, one more time. What is that noise? Like, there you go. Or is it predator? Remember the day predator? Like they made that noise and the guy got... I don't remember that. <laughs> you watch some scary movies, man. So man, I got a lot of trauma. I got the body of, keeps the score. Man, yeah, your body is. <laughs> yeah, he's afraid of bears and predators now. So um, specifically that predator, not like okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, you know, with any distractions, you've probably seen that illustration before, where um, where like there's a, a a jar full of rocks and there's a jar full of sand, oh, and, yeah, yeah. and you take that Big jar full first. of sand. In, yeah, and yeah, they yeah. and you know and, and they. Tell you, okay, try to put the rocks in. I've done that as a sermon. You mean I I didn't make that up? You didn't make that up. So I do that as part of premarital (laughs) with people I do all the time. But like, you know, but if you put the big rocks in first, then all the sand actually fits in. Mm -hmm. So like if you try to put the sand in first, the rocks don't fit. And and I think that's true for a lot of things too. And, And, you know, a lot of times what happens is, and even as you're describing, I don't have time with my kids. If I'm, you know, engaged in social media, I miss out on all those things. Not that you don't have time for your yeah. kids, but you've noticed more time when you cut that out and things yeah. like that. A lot of it has to do with also our priorities with that, you know, and w- what your priorities are define how determined you are to stay on a, any specific trail that yeah. God has you on. How would you encourage people to reorder their priorities, whether it's by very practical things like getting rid of the distractions for a time or for good, either yeah. one. But how would you also, at a heart level, advise people to reorder their priorities in so much that it keeps them on the trail and keeps their eyes focused on that? So when the distractions come, yeah. because the other, you know, going with your same illustration, those noises could have just added to the ambiance and actually could have enhanced it hmm. um, rather than distracted from it if you stayed on that trail, right? And, yeah. and I think that's true for a lot of things that we call distractions in our lives as well, because good things can distract us from the best things. Yeah. And that's true in life. Yeah. How do you kind of reorder your priorities at a heart level to make sure that you are focused on the trail? I, I believe that for change to happen, change needs to be made. And you have to like make definitive steps that like disrupt what has been continuous. So what I mean by that is like to just say, I'm going to, in my mind, think I'm going to just do a little bit less of this or cut back Mm -hmm. on this or whatever. Like, I don't think based upon just the worn out trails of what kind of at the, at the neural level that we have created different neural pathways to engage in uh, different activities that have created muscle memory. Like you've got to change muscle memory. Yeah. Um, And I think that that's one of the things that, um, so sometimes it could be as, as subtle as like, I'm going to change where I sit in the morning, you know, just to go to some other room, just because I, I, I need a new atmosphere, because this room and this atmosphere reminds me of like all the times that I get distracted, you know, like, so how do I shift that? So, I mean, that's a very simple and subtle yeah. thing. But other things, like, you, you need to make some significant shifts. So like, whether well, it's the social media saying, I, the only way I can do this and experiment with this is I can't flirt with this. Yeah. I've never been able to have great self-control to flirt with this. And I don't care that there's screen time app on Apple that tells me you've done this or you, ex- I can just bypass it. I have my own code. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, I, so, so there's changes that, that, that way. Um, I think accountability is huge. Like what Absolutely. are those changes that you know that you need to make and don't just make, just the decision yourself, but bring someone else in to help you with that. 
I mean, that is one of the things that's built in. That's 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 a benefit of being married. Like Jamie is um, very much aware of this 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 shift that I'm making, um, and so she's help able to help me keep accountable. That's awesome. A couple of things that you know, I'll just free stuff. Here's other things that we're we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. So I, my wife and I love, uh, and I probably love more like glasses of wine. I love like, and if I, cool. and, and I, we, we used to joke around sometimes, you know, with four kids, like you have a nightly wind down <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with a, a glass or two of wine a night, whatever. I, I don't think it's probably the best, but, I, but there's times we got to that place like, Oh, let's have wine. Let's have wine. Well, I don't want to have that be what I look at or what I consume as, your source of as my source down. of wine down. Like, that okay. Sense. Yeah. So what we've shifted is we started about three or four weeks ago is Friday night. We now have communion with our children. We buy a bottle of wine, and Friday night. Do you give wine to your kids? Yes, yes. I, I completely <laughs> intoxicate my kids. It's wonderful. Uh, put that on social media. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> Matt, don't don't do that clip. But I but so so we'll start with communion. My kids have grape juice, and Jamie and I will have we'll buy a bottle of wine for Friday. Yeah, we'll start with communion. So the first time I I, I taste something that I love, it's in the context. It's in the Jesus. context of Jesus, and then that's the that's the evening. So only Friday night is when we have wine now, and so that's a big shift for us. Yeah, like and and so that's something like we cut out and I'm, i and i i don't think i definitely know this is not gonna be the case forever but like we're in a sabbath fall our kids are enrolled in zero extracurricular activities and that is like painful right now to me why because i'm a doer i'm a go let's like i, I feel like well, what are we doing we're just hit the house like we got like and i know that there's other kids playing baseball and my kids falling behind you know or that kind my, of stuff yeah. all that kind of stuff but we said this is crazy Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, these things will be added unto you. Mm-hmm. God can fill in the gaps. So let's take this fall, reorganize, reprioritize. We want to have these family dinners and not be running all over the place. We want to say this matters for us. And let's reset. So then we will engage probably back in the spring doing some different activities. But like those are those are physically tangible things that we're having to like shift and disrupt in order to try to bring change ultimately to our heart and to, and to kind of reset the muscle memory. And the accountability is between the two of us. And as I now speak this to whoever listening, like yeah. people are asking me about it. Yeah, now you got accountability on the yeah. outside. So. so, so specifically with that Sabbath fall, yeah, that affected your kids. It how did. did they take it, and how are you leading them through that? They hate us. Um, <laughs> I hope not. We're in therapy. No, no. Um, they're fine. Oh, yeah. they're fine. And I think that's an important thing for people to hear. They're fine. And here's here's what I'm saying. And kids have different personalities, right? Okay. Um, they get so hyped up on the stuff that they're doing because we get them so hyped up to do those things. Now, do they develop natural loves? Do they develop things that they love? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But when mom and dad are not the ones like constantly like signing them up and doing all that stuff, like they're they're okay. They actually are okay with it. Now, do, does my boys like miss that? Oh, we're not playing baseball. It's like yeah, but so I go down. I practice with them. You know, a few times a week. Like they're still doing stuff. Mm-hmm. It just has a little bit more intentionality to it. So currently, my kids are fine. They're not, and they're actually we're able to say yes to stuff. Like we went to a birthday party this weekend with this, 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 and it's like our calendar's open. So we're like, sure. Can we have friends over? Usually it's like no because we got this, 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 and this. Yes. Now it's like. Yeah, yeah, you okay, can be friend over. Good. That's awesome. Yeah, so I think that they're like, oh wait, <laughs> like all those other things 
gave us a bunch of no's and now those aren't in the way. So now we got more yeses actually. So, good. so I think it's so important for people to hear because I wonder how many parents that are listening to this are, are thinking to themselves, I would take my kids out of little league or soccer or all these different things that they're doing, but I'm afraid that my kids would just hate me for it. Or like, you know, they, my kids wouldn't have as good of a life. Yeah. You know, I think we buy into all of those narratives and it robs us from so well, much and, of being on the trail. Jamie said to me, and I know we get close, but yeah. Jamie said to me, um, this is what happens when you got a good truth telling wife. Like my kid, like my boys, I've talked about before, they that's, they love baseball. We play baseball. Dad loves baseball. I mean, I'm wearing a Cubs shirt yeah. because my Cubs are making oh, the way to the playoffs, baby. Not the Padres, um, man. No, oh, my no. goodness. But, okay. um, but I remember Jamie just saying, I think this is as much about you as it is the kids. Oh, wow. Okay. Like I think that you wanting to be on the field is like you love being on the field with them, which is great. You love being around those other coaches, which is fine. And you, this is a part of what was so monumental in your upbringing. And you're beginning, like, I think that you're fighting hard for this as much because it's for you. And, it's, and our kids are being brought into it. And, and I was like, you know, at first I was like, shut up! No, yeah, no, I didn't yeah. say that. Well, I mean, maybe. But I mean, it's like, but it, it's, you're like, oh, there's a defensive that comes up. And then you're like, yeah, yeah, there, there is a part of me. And so uh, I just believe as a father, I believe as a mother, I believe as a parent, like, it's not my life anymore. Mm. It's not my life anymore. I... I chose to bring these children into the world and their world now and what's best for them trumps what's best for me. And I need, it's, it's my time to give them the future that I am now living in. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's actually best when they feel the security of a family. Absolutely. And I, and I know that that's not the case for everybody, but I'm just saying, I, I think that is one of the best things I can give them is security of a family and make that the most intentional pieces that I do and build into that what Christ has called us to. And man, baseball is awesome. Playing piano is awesome. Swimming is awesome. Those things are great. And I will, I'll be back on the field in the spring. But all that to say, there's just a lot of... Probably the biggest bug that you've squashed. It's a big bug. It's the one that is the picture that you had of what a good dad looks like, you know? And now you're saying, I'm going to let the Lord lead this. Yeah, I don't have to go towards this picture. Yeah, And part of this is descriptive not prescriptive sure but um but you can't expect change without making change well i think that's probably the title of this episode right so What's that? can't, the can't things, make the, the things of christ can't expect change the, the things, things of, of christ. christ oh you're gonna clown on me <laughs> so listen not all of us uh or gimmicky you know, this episode all, gimmicky? all those things like that but or just no i was gonna no. say you know you can't expect change if you don't make change Right, Ben can go back and listen to what that quote was. I yeah, don't know yeah, exactly what something it was. like that. So very good. But thank you for joining us on this episode of Digging Deeper. I, I'm confident this was useful for you and encouraging to you, maybe even challenging for you. And so join us next time this Sunday. You're going to be continuing walking in Big Sky. Yeah, we got rocks and streams, streams and rocks. But yeah, we're going to be talking about that. <laughs> rocks and streams. Get ready. Here we go.